The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, when we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where we have a package to pick up. Before that happens, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you'd like to join us, you can at patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast and breathe some new life or perhaps a fresh smell of death into the air for our investigators. And uh, speaking of, I'm going to begin with introductions to my right. Hi there, this is Mike, and I play James Robert Fraser, who is not in the best of moods with Professor Richard Courtney. No, a few whiskeys uh, didn't dim your view anymore of the professor after last night's, uh, we'll just say frivolity. And uh, to Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. And I was beginning to think I would have to set someone on fire to get a word in edgewise. You know, there's always the opportunity there. It's always the opportunity. Never think that flames can't solve things. This is Call of Cthulhu after all. And to Lady Elizabeth Wright. Hi, this is Miranda and I play Maggie Bellinger. And I can't believe the Comte was there and didn't say hi to me. You know, it is questionable that given his proximity, he didn't say whisper something in your ear, perhaps a supportive word. But uh, it seems he had a few things to deal with instead. That being the professor wandering around with, you know, wet trousers and whatnot, accosting, accosting your comp. It's terrible. Speaking of, last most certainly announced. I'm Martin and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And poor old Richard is just started to realize this isn't a nice little trip across Europe, but there's danger and People are trying to subvert what we're doing, and, and they're hurting Maggie. Well, it's season four, folks, but it seems that professors finally figured out what we're actually doing. That's okay. I'm sure everything will be fine. As we raise the curtain tonight, we look in on our investigators in the morning. The night has fallen. They have rested and have recuperated, and now a new day has dawned. And so after assembling themselves and making themselves presentable, I would imagine. They find themselves at the downstairs cafe, one not as luxurious as the one they were in yesterday, but still nice to have breakfast together because they have a few items on the list today. And one is seeing the curator of the National Museum here to get some legal documentation figured out. Well, gentlemen, I don't think we all need to proceed to the documentation portion this morning. 
I do believe the professor has other errands to run. Todorovich, is, is it just himself that you're seeing this morning, or are you going to meet with the actual owner or whoever? He said he would point us in the direction of who has it currently, and I do assure you, Mr. Fraser, I have no intention of proceeding there without an escort. That puts my mind at rest on that score. I think, uh, judging by the man's character yesterday, he didn't seem to be interested in the arm for himself that you have, Miss Ballinger. I dare say, as acting as an intermediary for another party, that uh, we don't know who this other party is. Well, um, if you're quite happy to go off and arrange the paperwork, then, uh, Professor, shall we collect your um, device? If you can do so without shouting in the streets, that would be most helpful. Yes, yes, we should. I'm somewhat concerned that um, this gentleman might be following Maggie again. I mean, you said yourself, Maggie, that um, he's... he's always there. Of course, why, I believe he's with us always, but there's no stopping him, and we might as well just let him tag along at this point. He's only helped us. Do you have an alternative uh, proposition, Professor? Uh, I mean, this is news to me. I have not given it any thought. But I will. Excellent. Well, perhaps you can think while we walk. So, Miss Bellinger, to the museum, then? Of course. And we will leave the gentlemen to their devices. Professor, do we require the uh, assistance of our translator today, do you think? No, no, I don't think so. He wasn't an awful lot of use last time. Very well. Well, I think we shall take the same route that he guided us by uh, yesterday. Strikes me that that would be the uh, most prudent way to go. Ladies, uh, we will uh, see you here in... uh, What do you say, a couple of hours? More or less. I don't expect it to take much longer. Agreed. All right. So I think we'll start with you, Professor, and Mr. Fraser, as you head off to the jewelers. Now, your route, if you're mimicking what you did last time, is fairly easy to continue. You go through a lot of the same sections of town, going down the same roads. You see, again, very similar portions of Belgrade that have been taken over by uh, people who are living in, for lack of a better term, a tent city or displaced people. The streets feel a little busier today, a little thicker with people. And as you get down into the marketplace, it becomes nearly impassable. A block or so away, the, the crowd is very thick and they seem to be looking in deeper on something. And you start hearing a lot of voices that are questioning. You hear a lot of inquisitive talk. It's, of course, not in a language you understand, but the tone is not does not escape you. So there's been an incident somewhere. It's possible. Just up ahead, probably about 30 or 40 feet, you see two men on horseback. Uniformed men. And they seem to be setting up some sort of a guard. They're forming a line. You see a third one join them. They're actively pushing people back. The uniforms that they're wearing, do they look like military uniforms or perhaps police uniforms? Is it possible to tell? I'd say given your time in the service, you'd probably ascertain that these are military uniforms, but you don't think that these are military officers or... or Soldiers. These are likely police that have co-opted uniforms. Right. Okay, like a militia kind of thing. 
And there's always trouble wherever we go. Do you think we should maybe take an alternative route? A couple of blocks round or something? Oh, which streets do you recommend we take? Well, I have no idea, but... Precisely. Come along. This appears to be impossible. They're not blocking our way, are they? They're blocking your most direct route there. In that case, I shall stop for a minute, take a quick look at my map to remind myself of the streets that are marked on it. Right, well, I think we can uh, take a very slight detour to get around them. Yes. Follow me. You take a slight detour around. You can see that just between the horses and some of the people here, actually, interestingly enough, the people here are, I don't want to say unreasonably or unusually, but they differ greatly from the people of Italy because these people here are much taller than your average Italian person. You'd say the average height here is, you know, 180 to, to maybe 200 centimeters. I'm trying to figure out what that is in feet and inches. Well, 200 centimeters is about six foot four, hmm. give or take. There's definitely a difference between the people here and the people of Trieste or Milan or those sorts of main Italian cities that folks are much shorter. So, Professor, you're having a hard time seeing over some of these people. The men here are very tall. But you make your way around. Fraser's fairly tall. He is. He is. Can you remind me, did we, the professor, pay for the um, work on the lens yesterday? He did, in full. He paid for it in full. He had to make a luck roll, if memory serves correct, to see if he had that much cash on him. So you make a couple of adjustments to your route, a couple of blocks. One of the blocks that you try to go down is covered by this, these same sort of tents, and it doesn't look, quite frankly, very safe to walk down. So you, you go to the next block, the next natural block, and you begin heading down that way too. And it also looks like more of these men on horseback have begun to cluster into streets here to block people. But you do get close enough to where you know just around the corner that jewelry shop has to be. And if you'd give me a spot hidden roll, both of you, let you know what you see. Excellent. Is this to see maybe what, what the uh, commotion is? Yeah. 37, which is a success. A 22, which is a hard success for me. Given your successes, I'll give them in staged information. Professor, you succeed and you see that there is, looks like a cart that's sitting outside the jeweler right now. And there are two men that are hoisting a very large body into the back of that wagon. And there are a couple of horses here at the front of it. These gentlemen look like they're from some sort of official city. Uh, they have the crest of Belgrade on and they're hoisting a tall form into the back of this cart. Blast, Fraser. Fraser, look, look. Yes, I see it. So, Mr. Fraser, there's the other layer that you see you pick up on a couple of things very quickly one the shop windows are completely intact the body that's being put into the back is a very tall figure not a very wide figure okay so it's neither the jeweler nor his bodyguard as far as i can tell from the uh, dimensions of the body as far as you can tell yes it does appear that the door to the shop is ajar and there are multiple uniformed figures going in and out. Do you think that was the, the bodyguard, the, the big guy? No, 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 it's uh, too slim. Oh, right. My suspicion is that there has been uh, some, perhaps, uh, attempted at robbery, and uh, the would-be thief has been uh, dealt with. 
Perhaps we should just hang back and uh, and observe from a discreet distance. And when I say discreet, I mean do not go in and start saying hello to people. Well, I mean, aren't you curious as to who was robbing it? It's probably the same person that was showing an interest in this uh, this white sapphire. It, it may be of our advantage to discover who that is. Well, how do you propose that we do that? We do not speak the language. There are a number of officers here, be they police or uh, whatever, militia. What are you going to say when you walk up to them? How are you going to explain who you are and what you want? How are you going to ask them to, if you can take a look at the body to see if you recognise it? Do you think they're going to let you? I don't know. I was sort of thinking we might walk up and, um, I don't know, um, talk to them in English and they, they might understand. We could maybe say it a little louder and slower and, and I, I don't know, they might diplomats from the embassy or something. I, I don't know. Really? Why would they think that? Well, I mean, we're rather well-dressed. Do we have any uh, identification to show that we're diplomats? Well, we have identification. I mean, they wouldn't be able to read it, would they? If they don't speak English, what are you going to do? I tell you what, you go up and you try and explain to them in English that you're a, a diplomat and that for some reason you wish to uh, observe the body. And well, I'll stay, stay back here. I'll observe you uh, in that conversation. And when they uh, arrest you and take you away, I'll um, try and make some arrangements to have you released. How does that sound? We have nothing to fear. We're, we're, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just, um, just out and about. And how are you going to explain that to them? Think it through, man. You're very pessimistic. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. We're not in Italy now. Professor, we're staying here. We're watching what's happening. No, oh, if you insist. And when we get a moment's peace, we will go in and speak to the shopkeeper. And he will explain to us what's happened. He does speak English. He is not an official. He will not start asking us all sorts of questions and ask for papers and identification and ask our business and why we're here and what we're doing. So while this is going on, you see a couple of other things transpire in front of the shop. You see two of these uniformed men questioning someone you do recognize. And that's Riddick. And he seems to be scratching his head and explaining something to them as best he can. You see a very large man, a man you recognize as the shopkeeper's enforcer, walk very gingerly out of the shop. As if um, he'd been in his cups pretty deep the night previously. He wears the exact same clothes as he did yesterday. And he gets into the back of this wagon and sits down on one of the benches in the back of the wagon. Is he sort of being escorted into the wagon by the militia or police? Escorted is a very light term. They seem to be just making sure he doesn't tip over. Oh, right, okay. So it's not like he's being kind of arrested or taken in for questioning or something like that. It doesn't appear that way. He's not in any sort of binders or handcuffs, or he doesn't appear to be being arrested. I think we should go and find out what's happening. I mean, they, they speak English, don't they? And uh, I fear if we leave it much longer, it'll be too late. Too late for what? I don't know, but if we go, we'll, fi we'll find out. Well, you can go over if you like. I'm not going over. And I would advise you strongly to do the same. I'm not going to stop you. Oh, come on. It'll, it'll be okay. Oh, come on. And Richard all just sort of meaningfully stride over there um, and attempt to uh, grab the eye of Riddick. Fraser shakes his head and follows him. So if I if I might, Professor, you will just say, uh, push your way around a horse? 
these men on horseback, which are clearly doing their best to block the way. Now, it's not as if the you two are the only people in the streets. There are lots of people on this side. And so those men on horseback can only really block so many people. And so I suppose it'd be some sort of a dexterity-related role to get around said horse without, say, spooking said horse or its rider. Waiting. You make it around. Do you want me to do the same? Uh, I think so. I think that if you're, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, right? That is a success. Good. The two of you weave your way between the line here of the horses, and you seem to get past uh, them while they're dealing with uh, some other more raucous youths that are here. And you get into this open space between you and the jewelry shop, and then cross that space. There are, of course, a couple of uniformed officers here moving back and forth, but there is a a fair amount of open space and you're able to make it to the wagon where this large man, very large beaked nose seems to be rubbing his head and he's sitting on one side of this wagon, just bleary eyed and out of it. I'm I'm just kind of hanging back. I'm going to let the professor get himself into his own trouble. Yeah, Richard's just going to head over to Riddick. Yeah, Riddick notices you and turns and then moves very quickly to get over to where you are. Oh, what are you, what are you doing? What, what's going on? Um, is is the uh, the jeweler okay? No. What What's going on? He's been robbed. Robbed? What of? I don't know yet. They haven't let me inside. Oh my God. I, I, is he in there? I cannot believe you are here. You, you have to get me inside. No, I don't. The, 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 the thing that I bought, is it's of vital importance. I, I cannot lose it. The entire place is a crime scene. There's more of a crime than a common or garden robbery going on. I mean, I, I, you, you, must, you must find a way. I'll bribe them or something. I don't know. How does it work here? I, I, you, you know the customs. Bribe him. He sort of exclaims, bribe him. He sticks his hand out. Go on. He gives him a, some, some money. How much are you going to give him? Oh, let's go for 25 pounds. He put 25 pounds in his hands and he looks at you like you spit in his face. It's not just one man. There are multiple people in there. That's a lot of money. Twice as much now. My God. I mean, how much? You tell me. I have no idea. Right. Okay. Richard gives him another 25. He takes the 50 pounds from you and turns around. He steps inside the jewelers again. I'm going to make a roll for our guide here, Riddick, and see how he does. Oh, that's not bad, 28. About a minute or two later, three uniformed officers step out, and you see them walk around towards the wagon, towards the horses, and each one of them in turn sort of pulls out a, a cigarette, and they begin taking a break, and from... Just inside the doorway, just where you can see, Professor, you see Riddick's face just in the shadow of the doorway. And he says, you have five minutes, come on. Richard will head over to the door. Breathing a heavy sigh, Fraser will follow him. Come on, Fraser. So inside the shop, much of the jewelry store appears to be in order. The things which are out of sort are against the wall, the far wall, just behind the jeweler's cases, You see the jeweler sitting on his butt, 
He's been propped up against the wall. There are no obvious signs that anything has, you know, no wounds, nothing has afflicted him seemingly, but he looks like he's asleep. And the air here smells of a very heavy, there's a, a an odor like a cologne, a musk that fills the air. Do I recognize this cologne? Absolutely. Shake my head. I've smelled this smell before. We should have kept an eye on this shop last night. I knew it. I, I knew it. Oh, why didn't I listen to my gut? So back behind this curtain space, which separates the front floor from the back, Riddick has opened it, and you see that there is a large table here that he seems to be looking at. And there are various tools and implements here that are used for sizing and cutting and shaping gems, including the gem, the the jewelry store owner's spectacles, which are laying open and seemingly have been in use uh, just on the table here. Is there any sign of the device? There's no sign of the device. That's not necessarily suspicious. Can I check the uh, owner? Just walk up to him. Is he alive? Yeah, no, absolutely. You can give him a good once-over first aid, or or do you want to just actually physically pat him down and see if you get any sort of obvious... Well, I want to see... First of all, I want to see if he looks as if he's alive or dead. He does appear alive, yes. You get a lot of the same fairly obvious return features that you're looking for. He is breathing. It is shallow and quiet, but he is breathing. I'll take a slightly closer look at him then and see if I can see whether he's been uh, physically assaulted or something like that. It doesn't appear that he's been physically assaulted. Can I make a first aid roll to see what's up with him? You certainly can. I was thinking maybe he's been drugged or something. Or chloroformed. Oh, that's a success. 35 under 50. You're not certain, but one of the things that you do see is that there is a residue on his lower lip and it is some sort of amber in color. Doesn't really mean anything to me. Nope. Or maybe um, I'll take out my handkerchief and see if I can get a little bit of a little bit of as a sample on my handkerchief, and then fold my handkerchief and put it back in my pocket. You fold the handkerchief and put it back in your pocket. And when you do, when you fold it together, the waft, the scent that comes off of it, is the same cologne to smell that you smelled before. Interesting. What? What is it? I'm not sure yet. Riddick says, we're running out of time. Whatever you need to find, find him. Let's go. Right. Um, Richard will just, just search very, 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 very quickly for the device. I'll help. Hard spot hidden roll, sir. This is going to be a fail. 74. Am I able to also look around? Am I able to also look around? If you get the clear understanding that the professor's looking for his device, which isn't a hard guess after what you're doing, certainly... That is a 33, which is a hard spot hidden for me. Uh, so the two of you spend the next couple of minutes very quickly searching things. I'm going to make the assumption that the both of you are being careful and you're not actually trying to physically upset anything. It's, it's a hard requirement because of the, the length of time that you have. So with that in mind, Fraser, when you go through and search this place, you don't find the device. What you do find is a note on the table that is left. You see all the sort of drawings that the jeweler had done to prepare this sapphire to be placed inside the device. All of the mathematics, all of the cut lengths. And there is a note beside that that is a different paper and a paper you have seen before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so 
that is the thing that you hone in on as a piece of evidence. I'll just pop that in my pocket. Okay. I know I'm taking evidence for a crime scene, but I don't care. There is a heavy footstep on the entryway of the jeweler's shop behind you, and you hear Riddick say, just leaving, of course. You hear him say that very specifically in English. I will make sure that I'm very discreet about the fact that I put this in my pocket and uh, turn around and uh, nod my head in appreciation and say, shall we? Right. The two of you slip back out of the shop under the very watchful gaze of the police officer here. Come on, let's go. Couldn't find it. It's not there. He's taken it. Blast. We've been bloody fools. Who's he? I, I feel like I'm always the last one to know anything here. Read that. And I'll just hand him the note. But I don't even need to read it to know what's on it. He hands you a, a folded note. And as you're continuing your pathway out of the shop and then thus out of the area, the, the note is very short. There's maybe only a few sentences to it. It says, Dear Professor, I found this wonderful trinket. I couldn't believe it left your sight. I look forward to seeing you very soon. And at the bottom of it, there's a very scripted A that sits at the bottom. This is A for presumably Alexander, is it? Or asshole, depending upon what you want to say. Uh, so we'll pop over then to the National Museum of Belgrade, where one Lady Elizabeth and Miss Bellinger are exiting. I assume you'd take a car, if available, from the hotel. Be a little easier. Yes, after all the walking yesterday, my knees could use a bit of a rest. So the car is not expensive. It's maybe a single pound sterling to take the trip there. The museum is as you found it yesterday. Getting to the curator is not too terribly difficult. He's expecting you and he has you after arrival in his office fairly quickly thereafter. The Venus statuary piece is still there, although there is no cleaning materials or scrub brushes at this time. I'm sure it's spotless. Put away. It is actually. Not a speck of dirt. It's a beautiful piece. He uh, greets you and says... It's wonderful to see you this morning. Oh, yes, you as well. So I have some things drawn up here. He takes you over to the desk and you can see on his wide wooden desk, he's got drawn up some paperwork. And there are some signatory areas at the bottom. And effectively, it lays out basically what he talked about last night, which is that this would give you written permission. So there are two documents. One is the actual agreement that whatever you find that would be considered either a, a piece of art, a recovered sculpture, or etc. found within the territory areas of Serbia would be brought back to Belgrade here. And the time condition is within a year's time of the stated date below. And that you are promising to do so under penalty a violation of the law of the city of Belgrade. And then they note the actual legal treatise where this has been stated in law. It seems reasonable to me. Nothing objectionable, I don't think. Well, if you'd like to roll law, you can. I've only got five in law, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> I mean, I got a 13. I can't math. What is that? It's eight. Eight. Why not? Yeah, after some perusing of the document itself, it seems mostly reasonable what's been laid out here. Obviously, depending upon what is done with the piece, should you recover it, if it doesn't come back here within a year and is, say, I don't know, destroyed, the framework here could mean a lot for you legally as far as your own personal reputation goes. 
Because if it's a, it's a legal document and you're violating a, the law of a country, in effect, you could be put to potentially some fairly strong legal problems. You could, of course, just sit in London and not give a shit about what happens in Belgrade. But it doesn't mean that people within the peerage would not find out that you violated a contractual agreement. And that could, by your reputation, do you some social damage. Not too small a part. Seems fairly straightforward. Wonderful. He offers you a pen. This, he turns to the next document, is the paperwork that you'll need to actually recover it. It's a permit. This permit allows you to carry the item legally should anyone attempt to stop you or to keep you from acquiring it. He sort of gestures a little bit. You would be permitted to take it. One would, if they were ever, say, in a disagreement with a member of law enforcement, they would need to produce this document and he, you can tell, you can see that he has signed that permit already. Seems very helpful. Well, if a country does not have laws, what do they have? Very well. And I will sign the first one. You sign it. He takes it and looks at it and makes sure that he studies it for just a moment and then puts it to the side. Here is your permit. The permit has like a envelope case and everything just made for it specifically. Because he doesn't want you having to handle the document if you don't want to, and it has a nice valise case. Looks very official. It has the stamp of, of the city of Belgrade on it, like the actual city crest. And now for my part, he sits down back behind the desk. I am a man of my word, and so I am happy to tell you that about 50 miles south of here, in the city of Orshatz, there is a priest, a father, Filopovich, who's the last person who spoke to me of such a matter. The village he lives in, there's, um, there's quite a bit of pride in it. It is the center of where the Serbian people first had their uprising against the Ottomans a little over a hundred or so years ago. Father Christian Filopic is a friend. He smiles. I uh, stood with him at his wedding. We have known each other many years. He is the last person who spoke to me of an item such like this. In fact, much of the legend that I know about I got from him, his studies at university. I know that he took a position in the village there some years ago after the encouragement of his wife to do so. If you make your way there by train, there are two trains to take. You should be able to make it within maybe three to four hours, dependent upon the speed of the train. And could you provide us with some sort of uh, introduction to the father Certainly. I would be happy to. He sits down and pulls out a fresh sheet of paper. Do you happen to know how a man of the cloth would be uh, in contact with such things? In my experience, they tend to stay very far away. They don't like inexplicable things. Well, having known him at university, I can tell you that he is a curious fellow. His curiosity led him to his beliefs, and he has had a sharp mind for Many, many years. He left the university and went to the village there to serve as its font of knowledge for the people there. It's fairly small. There's maybe just a bit over a thousand people who live there. Fascinating. I'm sure we will have much to discuss. Indeed. If there is nothing else, he finishes signing the letter. He turns that over to you. He takes it just very carefully and folds it and then begins preparing a wax seal for it. And you watch him go through like the entire charade of seals it and then sets it to the side. There you are. 
your permit, your letter of introduction. Thank you very much. Indeed, I I do hope you are feeling better today, Miss Bellinger. Oh, I think I think I am. Yes. Wonderful. Well then, let me see you out. He stands up and walks you out of the museum again through the gilded halls here, through the beautiful statuary pieces across that epic marble floor that's here. And uh, he says, if you have any concerns or there are any troubles, please do not hesitate to contact me. If anyone, he sort of turns to you, Lady Elizabeth, if anyone has any concerns about the permit, they can wire or call here to the museum. I'll be happy to make sure that they are set right on the validity of your permit. Thank you. Hopefully there won't be any trouble. Oh, I shouldn't think so. Well, happy hunting. Indeed, Miss Bellinger, unless you have something else you wish to inquire about. No, I don't believe so. Shall we be off then? Oh, yes. Stand up and give a slight polite nod. Yeah, he nods. You uh, take off from there and then guess the question is, gentlemen, where were you going? I think probably back to the hotel. Yes, I think Richard is um, in minor shock. Fraser is in a massive grump. Are you now? How are we going to find this Alexander? This A. Are you serious? Yes. You know who that is, don't you? Have you been paying attention, Professor? You know who Alexander is, don't you? Well, but how are we going to find him? What are you going to do when you find him? You're going to ask him politely to give your device back. I mean, it's it wouldn't hurt. To try, maybe. And how do you think that's going to go? I don't I have money. Alexander Fitzgeorge, or whatever his name is, is not interested in your money. Oh, there must be something. Yes, there is something. He wants a ladyship's... Let's talk about this back at the hotel. It's too public here. Now, did I mention I found a gun in a toilet last night? What? No. This one here. Let, let's get you somewhere where you can't cause any more trouble. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. There were two of you return to the hotel, and then likely not too terribly long after that, so do Lady Elizabeth and Miss Bellinger. This whole thing does seem awfully easy, Lady Elizabeth, don't you think? After everything we've been through in Italy and before, you'd be leaping at a chance of easy, Miss Bellinger. Well, any time in the past where we thought we were on the right track or that it was going easy, it turned out to be rather difficult instead. Well, I think after your performance in the cave, Miss Bellinger, you can hardly complain about anything being easy. I'm sure it'll be fine. The four of you are now back in the conjoined hotel room. Paul has just shut the door as you enter to shut the door to Simon's room and sort of carefully steps away. How is he this morning, Paul? Not well. I think there may be an infection. He's a very sturdy man. Far sturdier than most I've worked with, but the healing process is slow. He has been through quite a great deal, but I trust him to your excellent care. I'll have him back on his feet in no time. I have no doubt. Do you need anything? Perhaps a lunch or uh, something to drink? Some tea would be wonderful, and I'm sure when Professor Courtney and Mr. Fraser return, the professor will very much be in need of tea. Right then, I'll uh, head downstairs. 
Paul heads out. Gentlemen, you see Paul exit the main door to the conjoined room is heading towards the stairway and he passes you along the way. Gentlemen, I'm just heading down for um, tea service. Do the two of you need anything? Oh, yeah, yes, tea, yes. Yes, tea. Ah, yes, thank you. Hmm. Straight away, he keeps going. Tell me, you found a gun? In the toilet, yes. I was after the tea thing with the um, old man in the wheelchair. I found a gun in a toilet. Look. Get out of the corridor. Come in, come in. Right, and when we get inside, right now, show me. Ah, your ladyship, uh, Miss Bellinger. Ah, we're looking for Alexander. He's, he's stolen the device from the jeweller. How do we find him? You you must know. Oh, I don't know, but uh, I suppose he might be contacting me soon. But what do you mean, Alexander took your device? Good, it's note, it's signed A. Fraser's convinced it's uh, it's Alexander. Yes, I recognise the cologne. It's, it's definitely him. I... How did he know about the device? I, I don't know. We must find him before he does something terrible with it. I blame myself. I did leave him a note, so I'm sure he'll be in contact soon. How you have a means of contacting him? It's called leaving a note for someone to see if they call for it. Professor, I'm sure you're familiar. Well, yes, indeed. But I mean, where where did you leave it? I mean, if we know where you left it. At the front desk of the hotel, Professor. He's staying here. I don't believe so, but he left a note for me. If you will recall, we have discussed this. Right. I don't stay in hotels very often, I'm afraid. Professor, why don't you go and sit in the lobby, keep your eyes peeled, and watch out for uh, this fellow? That's an excellent idea. Yes, yes, you stay down there. Give me that to take care of it. Make sure it's in functional working order. We don't want it uh, misfiring and uh, having you blow your own hand off, do we now? If if I don't see Paul on the way down, can you tell him to uh, send the tea down to the lobby where I'll be waiting? Of course, of course. Off you go. Which it'll scurry downstairs. Richard, you do uh, catch sight of Paul and the tray he is bringing up. Ah, uh, Paul? Oh, yes. I, I'm going to keep watching the lobby where I'm expecting a certain gentleman. I, I'm to be lookout for him. You? Would you mind bringing the tea and sandwiches downstairs? I, I mean, obviously, after you've dealt with the people upstairs. Oh, certainly, certainly. He steps over just out, a little out of the way and goes, That cup there is yours and that sandwich there is yours. You can just take it right now. Yes, yes, good idea. Well, enjoy. He steps away, stepping up the stairs back to the rooms. Lady Elizabeth is just sort of standing there with an imperious raised eyebrow, just daring Fraser to say something about the fact that she left a note for Alexander. Yeah, and Maggie's sitting there with a very quizzical look on her face as to why Fraser hasn't said anything about Lady Elizabeth leaving a note for Alexander as well. Fraser's kind of just more reacting to having got rid of uh, Richard at the moment and and then that little piece of information registers in his head and he kind of looks up I'm sorry have I misunderstood something your ladyship you left a note here at the lobby for Alexander if I may call him that yes well you certainly can't call him his lordship well no I wouldn't even dream of that I, I am even loath to call him Mr. Fitzgeorge we have discussed, Mr. Fraser, that apparently both of us are needed to open the book, and I do need to find out what's in it. And since he's already aware that we're here in town, I've decided that it would just be best to open up the lines of communication. So I left him a note. Haven't heard anything back yet. I'm sure the professor will find something, if he can keep his eyes open and his mouth shut. 
But how did you know that he knew that we were in town? He left me a letter, Miss Bellinger. I know you were quite busy stroking your arm. But uh, he did leave me a letter here. He was expecting us. He's been keeping an eye on us, our journey, in exactly the same way that the Comte has. I am more concerned about Alexander than I am about the Comte, obviously. He is rather the pressing matter at the moment, at least on my calendar of events. Well, now he has the device as well. So it is even more imperative, Mr. Fraser, that we be in contact with him. For nothing else, it will destroy the Professor's sanity completely if he does not have the device around, and we won't be able to control him at all. My strong suspicion is that Alexander will utilize the device as some sort of leverage to get what he wants. Well, he's not getting the book, but we do have to be together to open it, so we'll see what he says. The type that's less likely to use the device as leverage and more likely to use it as bait. Uh, Yes, you could well be right, Miss Belanger, yes, indeed. It just means we have an excuse to all be present at the meeting instead of just myself or myself and Mr. Fraser. If he has the device, well, we must all be there to retrieve it. There's nothing about this whole affair that doesn't concern me. Professor, during your post, your lookout time, you do see an awful lot of people come in and out of the lobby. And you do, if you're so interested, have the ability to make a spot hidden roll and a listen roll to potentially pick up on a few things. The T-pole is giving you is very strong. Yeah. And he's probably asked for more as well. Sitting there, not doing very much, being very worried. I think Richard's probably just chain teeing one after the other. That was a 92 for the spot hidden. Hmm. Indeed, didn't listen. 74. Well, the thing that you pick up on visually is that there's an awful lot of people that come in and out of here who wear fesses. Uh-oh. Far more than you realized. In fact, now, thinking back in your memory along your trip here through Belgrade's wonderful streets there's been an awful lot of people who are wave use that fez many of them are black but of course many of them are also red one of the traditional colors as soon as he spots these these people in the hotel what he will do is acquire a newspaper use it to sort of shield his face a little bit so he's kind of kind of trying to give himself a little bit of cover so he's not recognized so you duck behind a newspaper which you cannot possibly read And you wait, and you listen in the lobby. You hear all sorts of weird stories. And I say weird because it's a language that you do not understand. There are bits of French here, a little bit that you pick out. There is an English speaker every once in a while, and they are likely probably somebody from the Orient Express who's been redirected here. But you wait, and you watch just in case Alexander somehow, some way, reappears. Paul returns upstairs with the tea and the sandwiches. He tells you, Lady Elizabeth, that the sandwiches were sort of his idea, just in case anyone became peckish. I appreciate the thoughtfulness, Paul. Well, uh, I guess uh, where are we going next? Well, I don't know that you're going anywhere, Paul. Not when you have to continue taking care of Mr. Griffith at the moment. We have a location about four hours by train from here. Four hours? Wow. Definitely not the Orient Express, then. Well, what do we what do we know about the place? It's small, and it's Serbian. I'll do my best to uh, get the lay of the land. 
We have a man there that we're set to talk with. We have a letter of introduction, and he should know more. Wonderful. This seems easy. Can I do a psychology roll on Paul? Because he's asking more questions than he normally does. He is asking a lot of questions. Sure, go ahead. My psychology is not very high. 38. Nope. 87. Not even close. Is it possible he's being inquisitive because of, well, the recent shooting of the professor already being down one team member under a ton of pressure? Yeah, it seems reasonable he might ask a few more questions. But that's what you get. I mean, Paul's probably just worried in general and worried people ask more questions to try to either appease their worries or to make their worries worse, depending upon their psychological makeup. Well, we shan't be going anywhere today. Anyway, in your medical opinion, Paul, is Mr. Griffith fit to travel in such a way? Mm, he needs at least at least another night's rest, I think. That's what I thought. After that, he should be fit to move and hopefully up and about again. So we will attempt tomorrow then, I think. I do have a small concern that, well, with what has happened to the professor, uh, I mean, not the shooting, the theft, that we'll make a play for the next piece and when we return, the pieces that we've already found will be gone. Or perhaps we'll take the pieces with us and we'll walk directly into a trap. I always think everything could be a trap. That's why I'm still alive. Well, if it's a four-hour journey there and an four-hour journey back, I would imagine we'd be staying the night unless we leave very early in the morning if there is a train and then another one back the same day. It seems to me possible but unlikely. Well, maybe it's best to just pack everything and be prepared to move house, is it? That's the phrase? I wouldn't know. I mean, I don't know quite what phrase you're grasping for there. I, I guess I'd be prepared to take everything rather than leave things here at the hotel if Miss Bellinger is concerned about the pieces. Why am? I am uh, not particularly comfortable with leaving the pieces unattended. Well, Simon is here. He can look after the pieces if uh, we leave them. Simon is in no state for that, Fraser. Man is barely conscious. Well, then we'll be taking them with us. All right, then. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't like to put you in a situation where you're having to deal with an intruder attempting to steal the pieces. Paul pales a little and, and doesn't so much physically backpedal, but you can see from the pantomime, you know, sort of gives you the impression that he wants nothing to do with playing watch guard to the, the collection of parts. I don't think I would be interested in doing that at all anymore. Not after I've seen what is beginning to befall them. I would much rather the group be around. Strength in numbers and considering things tend to go missing, it's best if we keep everything and everyone all in one place when we pursue the next piece. All right, then. Well, given what I have been expending here and then our future, wherever we're off to next, is there anything local we might need from any of the shops around here? I could do some shopping. Perhaps the professor needs more trousers. Oh, he certainly does. Yes, I think a, uh, a large suitcase and uh, a dozen pairs of trousers. All right, then. Miss Bellinger, do you need anything from the shops? Not that I can think of, Paul. Very well, then. He stands up and heads back out the door. I'm going to turn to Lady Elizabeth. Your ladyship, given the nature of our undertaking and how dangerous it is becoming, I wonder if it might be prudent to make Paul aware of the very real 
possibility that one or more of us, including him himself, might be liable to be very severely injured, if not to die in the pursuit of our goal, and to give him the opportunity to step away. I feel a little uncomfortable with his being part of the party, but not being fully appraised of the exact details of the mission, so to speak. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not being very clear, but you, you understand what I'm saying. I understand what you're getting at, Mr. Fraser. Yes, it might be wise to enlighten Paul a little bit further. As I recall, you were a little uncertain about that when we discussed it before, considering how new he was to the group, but considering how much he's done for us over the past few months. I just don't like the thought of him being in danger without knowing why he's in danger, without fully appreciating how difficult this is going to be. Very well. Perhaps you would care to give him the condensed version, whatever you see fit, Mr. Fraser. I will, I will, but I didn't want to do so without consulting you, because uh, I just worry that he feels indebted to you, and, and he's, he is remaining with us uh, out of a sense that he owes you, if you catch my drift. Indeed. I think you're in the right of it, so feel free to have a chat with him at some point. Just uh, make sure he doesn't run away screaming. I will try and um, give him the uh, an appraisal of the, the, the difficulty without scaring him. Professor, the um, we'll say a couple of hours go by, and you don't catch hide nor hair really of anyone or anything. But as you're sitting down there, eventually you are approached by a staff member who asks if you're a part of the Fitzroy party. I'm sorry, who's asking? Uh, my name is uh, Anthony. I work here at the hotel. Ah, ah, right. Yes, yes, I'm I'm a part of that party. Oh, very well. There's uh, a message has come for uh, a lady. He looks at the card, like a card in his hand. Uh, lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. Right, yes, that's correct. Um, is the is the person that delivered it? Um, is 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 he still here? Uh, no, they are not here. Ah, they came in, left it, and then uh, walked out. Uh, Richard will look around very rapidly. Yeah. You, know, you look around super rapidly. You don't see them. It's about uh, 30 minutes ago. Not to be um, too overbearing, but uh, why the delay? The delay in? Well, I've been sat here and half an hour ago somebody delivered a note. I mean... Oh, I've just come on shift. Right, okay. Never mind. Well, if you give me the note, I'll arrange to uh, to deliver it. Certainly. He puts it in your hand. Yeah, thank you. And Richard will get up and uh, go to go upstairs, but he will read the note. Ooh, it is sealed. So yeah, are you going to open her ladyship's mail? What do you you say? Yeah, I mean, that's how it came, right? All right, fair enough. You open it up. Richard never lies to people, so what he's going to do, he's going to pop it on the floor and he's going to tread on it. I mean, mean, purely accidentally, you see, that the, the, the seal will break. There appears to be some sort of sticker on the back of it. Some sort of stationary piece. Maybe a stamp. It looks like it's a stamp of the hotel. Anyway, Richard will open it. Okay, you open it. Inside, it says, My dearest sister, I have acquired a wonderful new piece that I'm certain you're familiar with. I look forward to seeing you and our mother very soon. And then there is a, not just an A, but an Alexander at the bottom of it. The note also smells a lot like the stuff in the jewelry shop. 
Can't wait to see how this goes over. Richard will just stick it back together. You stick it back together. For a minute, it looks totally fine. And then the sort of sticking portion of it doesn't completely seal again. It looks like the hotel logo that's in the back of it seems to have kind of turned up on one of the corners. You head upstairs. And there the rest of your compatriots are. I've got a message. And unfortunately, um, these sloppy hotel staff were half... I've been waiting in the lobby and apparently somebody came up to me and gave me this thing and, and said it was... Delivered half an hour ago. If if they'd have told me, I I could have accosted him. But no, I'm going to just look down at the letter and go. I wasn't like that when you got it. One eyebrow raised. What? Well, we need to we need to find him, Professor. We need to find him. Did you read my mail? Yes, it was open. Oh, was it? Yes, it was. Looking down at the sticker that's popped open. From a certain point of view, that's true. It was open. After he opened it. Well, come on. I mean, it, it, it talks about clearly the device. We, we need to get this back. Excuse me, Professor. Hand it to me. Yes, yes, there we go, there we go. Oh, were you planning on reading it and then not telling us about it again? What? Well, because there was the first letter that Lady Elizabeth got from her brother, and then she sent him a letter back. So, see, she's known that he was here, and he just didn't tell us, so. So I just didn't know if she was going to read this one. I did tell you about the first one. Everyone knew. But how, how long ago? The very night we arrived. I spoke to Fraser first, and then we told everyone at the table at breakfast the next morning. Can I make a stealth roll to her to discreetly slip out of the room without anybody noticing? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go find Paul, but I'm just like, I'm going to leave them to it. Fucking hell, that's, I just rolled a zero one. Oh, very good. Take five luck. Congratulations. You quietly slink out of the room and, and quite honestly, no one notices that you're gone. Carry on. Professor. If you wish to continue our acquaintance, and if you wish to, for me to assist you in the return of your device, you will kindly refrain from reading letters that are addressed to me. I don't care if they're open, and I sincerely doubt that, considering the state of this hotel, that it was, holding it just up by a corner, in this state. Frankly, I don't give a damn if it was open. You shouldn't have read my mail going to turn on my heel and leave the room. We have matters more important. Okay, where are you going? To my room. <laughs> Can I check, uh, did Paul go to his room when he went out, or did he go out, out of the, into uh, the kind of the hotel proper? He has gone out of the hotel proper. He has, with the time, been now able to go out to, to do some shopping. I'm just going to go down to the lobby then. Sure. Well, Maggie, is there something we can argue about? No, I was actually just thinking that maybe this leaves us to plan everything, Richard. Uh, perhaps we can uh, bring a little more action to things. I'm getting a rather sick and tired of standing on ceremony and exchanging letters like, I, I don't know, I mean, we're not in the dark ages. I mean, surely we can do things in a, in a more hurried fashion. I mean, expediency is the name of the game, It doesn't it? It just seems silly. I, I agree completely. Passing notes like schoolchildren. Right, well, how can we find this Alexander? He seems to be the cause of many of our problems at the minute 
He certainly does. But here, he, he knows where we're at. This is difficult. He, he must be, he's probably most likely close by at all times, or at least has people watching us. I think he's in that Hotel Europa. It's rather, I mean, it's a much better place than this is. I reckon he would have stayed there thinking that Lady Elizabeth, with all of her money, would have stayed in the best hotel, which is clearly that one. But then why did he leave a letter here? I mean, he probably wondered where on earth we were and then realised we were staying in this place instead. But he, I bet he's already got a room there, if you follow my meaning. Have you seen anyone following us? Perhaps we could follow them. Uh, hang on. If we leave the hotel and go into town and, and perhaps walk a distance, but yet we, we stay a few hundred yards away, one of us can watch the other's back. And if there's anybody following us, we should surely see them. Oh, yes, that does that does make sense. We keep an eye out for each other and see which one of us is being followed and by whom. And, and then maybe we can get some get some results, get some action. I mean, I, I'm fed up with... I, I mean, somebody's stolen the device. Pre- Professor Smith will never talk to me again. And it's come in so handy in the past. I know. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I mean, earlier on, I was sat down in the lobby waiting for this Alexander to appear, and um, I found myself thinking. I, I thought, well... I could, I could use the device to find him, and, and I, it's become second nature. It's like a piece of me is missing. Oh, I can't imagine that at all. Maggie's thinking about all of her body pieces that she's been collecting. The one person that knows exactly how Richard is feeling or could feel is Maggie. And I think that on that sort of sympathetic note, it is time to call this episode to a close. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Horror on the Orange Express. Belgrade continues to be exciting and interesting, and we look forward to entertaining you next week. <laughs>